Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached word of God in agreement to the scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from the pulpit of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. Why don't we do that one more time to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Hallelujah. Thank you for your presence here tonight, O oh God. Lord, such a beautiful, sweet presence, O oh Lord. Thank you that we can come into your house, O oh God. Continue to have your way. We will give you the glory. We will give you the honor. We will give you the praise. For you alone are worthy, O oh God. If it wasn't for you, where would we be? But Lord, we thank you that you came into our lives. That you found us, O oh God. That you knew our name, Lord, before we ever knew yours. We praise you tonight. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Hallelujah. Thank you so much for allowing us to be with you tonight. And uh, did we meet Brother and Sister Boyd on our first deputation or second? I think we met on the first and then maybe again on the second. I'm not sure, but it's been quite a while. And uh, it's uh, been a wonderful friendship, even though we've never really spent any huge amount of times together. Uh, we'll get eternity to do that. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, so we just really appreciate you guys having us come by tonight. I want to say thank you from the bottom of our heart. And I feel like I'm amongst people that have got their priorities right. And I was reading just yesterday about an engineer who asked his students, he said, what is the most important thing to come out of a mine? And he got a great variety of answers, uh, everything from different ores and different metals uh, to different precious metals. But then he looked at them and he said, no, he said, the most important thing to come out of a mine is the miner. <laughs> and you know what? I thought about that and I thought, you know, in our Christian life, it's all a matter of keeping our priorities straight. We rejoice when things are hard we can say, at least we know Jesus. You know, when we're going through the valley, going through the struggles, at least we know Jesus. And then when everything's going great, it still keeps our balance because we can say, well, it's all because of Jesus. Amen. And He is really the center of it all. And uh, I'm so glad I know Him tonight. Praise God. I don't know if you're picking up an accent or not. All right. That answered that. Hallelujah, because I don't think I've got an accent. As a matter of fact, I was shaking hands tonight with a few people that I think have got accents. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> That's because originally we are from Australia. I grew up in the city of Melbourne, a city of about 5 million on the southern coast of Australia. And uh, you guys think you're from the outback? <laughs> My wife grew up in the middle of Australia which is otherwise known as the Outback. And uh, she's my country country bride. And, uh, so, and by the way, it's got nothing to do with, an, with a steakhouse. 
<laughs> we only found that when we came over here. Praise God. We have, uh, we've got three children. Let me introduce them to you real quickly. Everyone's proud of their children, so we'll just brag for a second. This is our oldest son uh, and his wife, and they are, country, uh, they are currently in Vanuatu while we're over here on deputation and uh, holding down the fort, as we would say. Nathaniel is our middle son. He's just finished his third year at Urshan. And we have a daughter, Kerry Sue, who would have been a very, very little girl when we were here last time. And um, she normally travels with us, but went home for the summer. I think you can guess which one she is. (laughs) If not, talk to somebody after church. (laughs) Praise God. But you know, as I'm sure you're aware, each and every one of us are missionaries. You know, it doesn't matter whether it's we're living in the same place that we were born and our parents and our grandparents lived there. That doesn't matter. Or whether God's called us to the other side of the world. Every one of us follow in the footsteps of the greatest example of all times of the greatest missionary, and that is Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. The Bible says that though he was rich, yet for your sakes or for our sakes, He became poor so that you and I, through his poverty, might be able to become rich. In other words, he left where he was, came to where we were, so that we could go back to where he came from. Praise God. And that's what the gospel is all about. Hallelujah. Sharing. Whether it's leaving our comfort zone to go and give a Bible to study to someone, whether it's leaving, overcoming our fears to invite somebody to church, whatever it is, whatever, we leave something and tell somebody about Jesus Christ. We are all missionaries together. Praise God. And of course, he was uh, the greatest. I want to say thank you for missions. I know you guys are missions minded. I've picked that up. I've picked that up from you guys right from the very beginning. And I want to say thank you very much for spreading this gospel beyond the shores of North America. Because in 1953, the United Pentecostal Church International sent brother and sister Bogue from Gary, Indiana as missionaries to Australia. And we have searched as best we can the history of churches in Australia and we can't find anyone under any flag that was preaching this oneness apostolic message before the Bogues got to Australia. And my parents were amongst one of the first dozen that accepted this message and were baptized and filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. So when we talk about missions and when we say thank you for giving to the Lord, uh, we're not just saying it as missionaries, uh, but honestly, every one of us have been affected by somebody, but we were affected by foreign missionaries that went to Australia way back, and my uh, wife is going to share and testify in just a minute, but both our lives have been intricately affected uh, by missions, praise God. God first called us to foreign missions, and when I use that term, or global missions, I'm talking about, you know, leaving one country, going to another, in 1992, and we first went to the little country of the Solomon Islands. That's 
best known for its involvement in World War II. Many of you have probably heard of the island of Guadalcanal. Uh, we lived in that country for about five years and uh, saw God do a lot of wonderful things. We then went back to Australia, pastored the church, uh, pastored a, uh, like a home missions church there for about five years. Then God called us to the beautiful country of Papua New Guinea. And that's where we were when we first met uh, your wonderful pastor and his wife. And uh, we thought we were going to be there forever. We lived 5,200 feet above sea level up in the mountains. And Papua New Guinea is the wild west of the South Pacific. It's just wild and rugged up there. Uh, but God was doing great things. And three years ago, though, too much to our surprise, God called us to the beautiful country of Vanuatu. Vanuatu is an archipelago. It's made up of 83 islands. And it's a thousand miles off the east coast of Australia. So if you hadn't heard of Vanuatu before, a lot of people haven't, you didn't know where it is, now you know it's just right out in the middle of the ocean there and uh, in the South Pacific. We live on the capital and when this country was first discovered uh, in 1605, the Spanish explorer that found it, it was actually Portuguese but he was under the Spanish flag, he thought he'd found Australia. So he actually named Vanuatu the great south land of the Holy Spirit. Even naming one of our islands Espiritu Santo and another island, the island of Pentecost. And so we are missionaries in the country known as the great south land of the Holy Spirit. We have an island called Holy Spirit and an island called Pentecost. And so if we can't believe God for revival, we need to retire. Praise God. <laughs> Hallelujah. But we are believing God for a great move of His Holy Spirit in this wonderful country. And it is beginning this year on the island of Pentecost. Uh, on the day of Pentecost, we got the report that five had been filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Uh, in that beautiful place. So praise God for what He is doing. Hallelujah. Pentecost, the island of Pentecost is best known for something else at the moment. How many of you have heard of bungee jumping? I won't ask who's done it because otherwise I think we need to have some prayer. <laughs> but bungee jumping first began on the island of Pentecost. You may have heard it began some, somewhere in some remote uh, exotic place, the island of Pentecost. If you Google land diving, L-A-N-D, D-I-V-I-N-G. If you Google that, you'll get the whole story of it. It is true, uh, and it's got a fascinating history of how it started. They still do it every year today, uh, to date, and they call it land diving because they don't just bounce in the air. They actually ricochet off the ground. At the bottom of these stick towers that they build, they build a bank of earth, and they come down, and they actually bounce off them. They don't use professional equipment. They have all sorts of uh, exciting things that happen when they do it, and people come from all over the world. It's a major tourist attraction all over the world to see these young men. This is the idea, prove that they're now mature enough to be called a man. Bottom line is, it just makes me happy I grew up in Australia. Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise God. But you know what? In this nation, God is doing great and wonderful things. And we're excited to see what God continues to do on the island, not just the island of Pentecost, but the country of Vanuatu. Praise God. I'm going to get my sweetheart to come and testify tonight and um, share a little bit uh, about how God got us to Vanuatu and, and anything else that's on our heart. Praise God.
I am so thankful I know the name of Jesus. We really don't have anything to fear, nothing to worry about. Because we know him. Hallelujah, hallelujah. It's been so many years since I've sung that song. Jesus is the sweetest name I know. Just a joy to sing it tonight. Brother and sister, boy, we are so honored to be here tonight. Thank you so much for inviting us. And while I was hugging your pastor's wife, somebody snuck a little bag down on the seat and I saw it out the corner of my eye and it didn't register. So whoever did that, thank you so much. God bless you. And let me say thank you, ladies in this church, for what you do in raising funds for Mother's Memorial. God bless you. If you were here tonight and you don't know, Mother's Memorial buys missionary wives appliances amongst many other things. So thank you for my stove and my refrigerator, my washing machine and my clothes dryer, which we need in the tropics. Praise God. Thank you also for supporting foreign Bible school students. We could not keep the doors of our Bible school open if it was not for those funds. We got a letter just uh, just recently, I think, about talking about getting those funds for next year. We wait for it, sister boy, we wait. And awesome youth, I see some youth in this church. Thank you. And I know a lot are away at a camp meeting or something. Thank you for raising funds for She's for Christ. Thank you for keeping those wheels on the gospel. Thank you for our She's for Christ car. God bless you. Praise God, praise God. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For I know the thoughts that I think toward thee, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. Brothers and sisters, as human beings, we do not know what the next moment holds. When pastor dismisses church tonight and we go our separate ways, we do not know what is going to happen. We have no guarantee that we will wake up tomorrow morning. But there is great peace where we can take our frail human life and place it into the hand of Almighty God. Praise God. Because he lives outside of time. He lives in eternity. He's already been to your tomorrow. He's already been to my tomorrow. He has measured it, he's weighed it up, and it's going to be okay. There is going to be trials. The Word of God guarantees us that. But you know what? God knows all about it. He's planned the day for you. And it doesn't matter what the devil might try to do, what the devil might try to throw in your face. God can take those same very things, turn them around for your good, make you stronger through it and be glorified at the same time. Praise God. Praise God. God has led me through some paths in my life and it's really been in the last four years that my husband and I have been able to turn around and look back and say, wow. We didn't know God had those thoughts and those plans. And, you know, when I was a teenager, I had no idea what was about to happen in my life and the plans and the thoughts that God was putting into motion. When I walked into a church pastored by veteran missionaries, Lee and Becky Sherry in Perth, Western Australia, 
I went through some very rough times in my late teens and in my early 20s. And God put this man and woman in my life. We don't have their picture. Okay, we're supposed to have a look at their picture at the moment, but it's not up there. That's okay. God put this man and woman in my life. And they became like spirit. They were. They are my spiritual parents. I spoke to him just yesterday on the phone, and they look to me as a daughter as well. And you know, God has plans. <laughs> That's all right. That's okay. <laughs> Praise God. God has plans and we don't always understand them, amen? And I was in their church for 10 years when the call came from the United States where they were on deputation to say they weren't coming back home. God was going to send them somewhere else. And Sister Boyd, I thought my life was going to end. I loved my spiritual mum and dad. And they went to the beautiful country of Fiji. And our lives went on and my husband and I got married. And just a few years later, God sent them to Vanuatu. Who would have thought it? And who would have thought that over 25 years later, God would call us to Vanuatu. In the meantime, we'd been to the Solomons and we'd been to Papua New Guinea. And when we went back after last deputation to Papua New Guinea, we planned to spend the rest of our days there. But God knew the thoughts once again that he was thinking. And we'd, we bucked against it. And we went back and we felt like we weren't fitting in anymore and things just weren't happening like they were supposed to happen. We bucked against it. But God literally pulled Papua New Guinea out of our hearts. When God first started to speak to us about Vanuatu, there were three missionary families in Vanuatu. By the time we landed in April 2011, brother and sister Sherry alone remained in Vanuatu and sister Sherry was 82 years old at that time needing to retire not wanting to retire but definitely needing some help God knew what he was doing September the 18th 2012 when they returned from deputation back to the field for the national conference in our living room my precious sister Sherry suffered a massive stroke and heart attack. We nearly lost her. We medevaced her out. It took us 48 hours to get her out of the country. Thank God he spared her. And today they are living in Texas. They are retired, but their hearts ache for Vanuatu. Vanuatu, <laughs> there's something about that country. We are honoured to hold the torch of revival for that nation. But there is something happening in the spirit world that we are anxious to get back for our national conference in two weeks. We can't, we know it's, there's something happening. And it wasn't by chance that that explorer stood on the shores of Espiritu Santo in 1605. He thought it was Australia. God knew it was Vanuatu. And he said in prophecy, this is the great south land of the Holy Spirit. And today... It's coming to pass. When he said those words, word, the spirit world sat up to attention. And the devil wants that country. But God has said, it's mine. Praise God. I just can't tell you what I'm feeling in the spirit. 
We are in spiritual warfare. You know that. The devil knows his time is short, but we are on the winning side. Hallelujah. We serve a mighty God. We are honored tonight to be the keepers of brother and sister Sherry's dream in the beautiful country of Vanuatu. God bless you. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Praise God, praise God, praise God. Hallelujah. We are in a battle, brothers and sisters, but we are on the winning side. Amen. Praise God. And this is a perfect example of it. When brother and sister Sherry went to Vanuatu uh, just over 20 years ago, their main theme, if I could put it in this way, they were missionaries for uh, 46 years. And everywhere they went, their main theme was this scripture here, that the things that you've heard among many witnesses, uh, the same commit that of faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. And so Bible college and training seminars and training and was uh, a big deal with brother and sister Sherry. When they went to Vanuatu, there was a piece of property downtown. And this piece of property, even though it was in the middle of town, uh, nobody wanted it because it was the main part that the witch doctors would do all of their uh, whatever they want to call it. Okay, They would do their spells, they would take people there, they would do all sorts of horrible things on that piece of property. And so nobody had purchased that land. Somebody came from Australia, saw the opportunity, went back to Australia, mortgaged their house and gave the Sherry's the money to buy this piece of property for UPCI. Today, brothers and sisters, that piece of property that nobody wanted is one of the most sought after pieces of property in Vanuatu. That's a view from the top. Every uh, hotel chain would love to build a resort up there. Uh, we've had all the churches, every, from Catholic, Presbyterian, all them ask, we would like to have this property, but you know what? That property that used to be a stronghold for the devil is now the home of the Acts 2 Bible College in Vanuatu. And it's not for sale, brothers and sisters. It belongs to the UPCI and God is being glorified. Praise God. We serve a God that knows how to take the devil's favorite playground and turn it around into something for his glory. Hallelujah. When the devil starts messing with your life, don't back down. Don't be intimidated. Don't slow down. But just know that God is able to take what is happening. He'll turn it around and he will be glorified. Praise God. Hallelujah. Let me just encourage you. In the middle of the storm is not the time to jump out of the ship. And many people choose to do it and it always amazes me that why in the middle of a storm would you leave the only safe place that you have and that's in the center of God's will and the center of God's attention and being able to hold God's hand. Hallelujah. Those of you that live for God for a while, you know the truth of that. Praise God. He'll walk with us through whatever the devil throws. Praise God. I want to read a scripture uh, tonight found in Acts chapter 4. And most of us could probably uh, have read this scripture before. But Acts chapter 4 and verse 12 says, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. And that sweetest name of all is the name of Jesus. Those that were gathered around were a bunch of rabbis and Pharisees, the Bible says. And they saw the boldness of Peter and John.
when they saw that and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men. The Bible says they marveled and they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. Most of the countries God has called us to are third world countries. And honestly, the terms, many of them have not had an opportunity to have much of an education. Most of them live in villages like this. You've seen the typical third world village, no running water, no electricity, that kind of thing. And so uh, most of the people, you could use this term unlearned and ignorant. Now, if someone called you that, you probably want to slap them up the side of the head. Uh, But let me just clarify that real quickly. Unlearned and ignorant does not mean stupid. All right, let me, let me say that again. I want to make sure no one misses that because I'm not insulting anybody tonight. Unlearned and ignorant does not mean stupid. Okay, and they looked at our founding fathers, if you please, in the apostolic doctrine, Peter and John, and they said, these guys are unlearned and ignorant. But you know what? I'm so glad the scripture doesn't finish there because it goes on to say, but they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. Hallelujah. And you know what? There's something that is available to everybody. It doesn't matter what our education level is. It doesn't matter what part of town we come from. It doesn't matter who we're related to, what kind of car we drive, what kind of house we live in. God's not interested in any of those things. But everybody has the ability to get in touch with Jesus Christ and get close to Him if they're hungry for Him. Hallelujah. And these folk, these folk are so hungry for God. This is Sister Gloria. She walks to Bible school every day, two hours every day to get to Bible school because she can't afford the $1.50 bus fare and walks two hours home again. The amazing thing is she gets up at 5 o'clock so she can be in Bible school at 8 o'clock for prayer before classes start at 8.30. And uh, the amazing thing is she's never late. That's what blows me away. And we've got people that live next door that are late. <laughs> I guess that's human nature. You can just you can't figure that out. Praise God. But also hungry for God. And this uh this brother here, brother Patrick, he came to church. Now we pastor an English speaking church. It's attached to the Bible school. We also uh have an English teacher that teaches English uh, as a second language in the Bible school. So a lot of our students are trying to improve English and that we speak the language there, uh the pigeons and and the uh the mixture of creoles and that. Uh but our church is in English. Well, French and English are two of the major languages there. This man speaks French and English. He came to church, gave his heart to God. That's him being baptized. He also brought his mother with him. Now, his mother started coming to church and she would sit there every service without fail and big old tears would roll down her face and and I'd just get excited I think great she's feeling the presence of God that's wonderful and uh, she would just sit there and cry after nearly two months she came up the front and she came up with her son after church and she said I want you to tell the pastor this she said I want you to tell him I don't speak any English And so her son, she says, you know, hello, good morning, all that kind of thing. And so we hadn't picked it up. But she said, I don't speak any English. And so, uh, and then she started to cry again. And then she said, but tell him this. She said, every time I come to this church, 
and he preaches in English. She said, I understand every word he says. Brothers and sisters, let me tell you, God knows how to reach a hungry heart. If somebody is hungry for him, it doesn't matter, ignorant or unlearned or PhDs, as long as you're armed, it doesn't matter. If someone's hungry for God, God has already proven through Calvary how extremely interested he is in getting in touch with us and drawing us to him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This, uh, that's her being baptized. God filled her with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And she still goes to the English-speaking church. Praise God. <laughs> And uh, even to today, I've got a personal friend, uh, Brother Michael Al. And I say he's a personal friend because uh, what I'm about to share with you is firsthand. I didn't hear about it or read about it. But Brother Michael Al came into church, gave his heart to God. He's a married man. He's got three children. And after he came to church, got baptized, God filled him with his spirit, he began to feel an intense desire in his heart to see people saved. And that grew and grew and grew until really it became like a call to preach. He really felt like God wanted him to give Bible studies or or preach or do something. But he thought God had made a mistake because he said, God, how can I do anything when I can't even read? And Brother Michael has not spent a single day in school. And so he can't read at all. And so he thought, God, you've made a mistake. This is going to go away. But you know what? After about a year, of him trying to ignore this, it didn't go away. It got stronger and stronger and stronger until finally Brother Michael said to God, he said, God, here's what we're going to have to do. He said, I'm going to go without food until either I die or you teach me to read the Bible. Now, this is the exception, not the rule. But he didn't have the opportunity to go and learn to speak English or read or something like that. Brother Michael, I can promise you, brothers and sisters, he was so weak from lack of food that he couldn't even sit up anymore from where he was lying down. When God spoke to him and said, get somebody to bring you food because I've answered your prayer request. Brothers and sisters, to this day, I have tested him every which way. You give him a newspaper, he can't read it. You give him the new birth, he can't read it. Give him any kind of library book, he can't read it. But if you take a King James Version of the Bible, and you place it in his hand from Genesis to Revelation. He can open that book, read what it's saying, and explain its meaning to you. Unlearned and ignorant, but also hungry to get close to Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There really is, brothers and sisters, these people thank you for spreading the gospel. You know, we're the blessed ones. We're the blessed ones because we get to see it. I get to go over there. I get to preach to people that are so hungry for the Word of God. I get to see their desire. I gave this same man a preaching uh, DVD, it was, uh, one time. And I said to him, I said, Brother Michael, it was, well, I'll tell you who it was. It was one of Brother Arnold's of all uh, preachers. And I thought, man, he's not going to get anything out of this. And so, but I said, he, but he really wanted it. So I said, okay, brother, I'll give it to you. And uh, so I gave it to him. About a week later, he came back and returned it. And I said to him, I said, okay, brother, how, how did you enjoy it? Did you, did you get anything from it? He said to me, he said, Brother Gratian, he said, I so wanted to understand what this preacher was going to tell me that he said, before I even played it the very first time, he said, I fasted for three days 
And he said, and when I put it on, he said, I could understand what this preacher was saying. And I said, okay, go ahead and explain it to me. And he went through, Brother Boyd, he went through and told me what Brother Arnold was talking about. And not just at a surface level, but he actually went into the, you know, brother, he's kind of a revelatory preacher. Uh, and so he went into the meanings of what Brother Arnold was saying. Brothers and sisters, these are the kind of people that you are helping the gospel to reach. These are the people that are hearing the Word of God, that are being able to have the Word of God because of what you are doing back here. We enjoy it. We are honored. I've got to stand at the edge of the ocean one time. We had 10 ministers in a line out there with people in rows wading out to them to be baptized in Jesus' name. And it still took over two hours to baptize everybody. Hallelujah. Let me tell you, brothers and sisters, the gospel works on a hungry heart. The gospel works on somebody that is hungry uh, for God. Praise God. And these, when we go to a village, they don't have a building big enough for everyone to meet in. They'll have like a meeting hut, but it's not when the whole village gets together, they do it in the outside. And so they'll build a little platform at the end of where they play soccer or football or whatever, and uh, they'll be out there in church. And let me tell you, it doesn't matter how hot it gets. It doesn't matter if the place where they're praying turns into mud because it's rained. It doesn't matter whether it's in the rain. It doesn't matter how old they are. And it doesn't matter how young they are. Brothers and sisters, these folk are so hungry for God. They challenge me every time. When I preach to people like this, it challenges me because there's many times I feel like they should be preaching to me. And really they do through their lives. But it challenges me. One statement that a preacher said many years ago that I've never forgotten. He just said, we are where we are in God because that's where we want to be. And I've thought about that many times because you know what? If I want to read my Bible more, who's going to stop me? If I want to pray more, who's going to stop me? If I want to draw closer to God, who's going to stop me? I can't blame anybody else. I am where I am in God. Bottom line is because that's where I want to be. Hallelujah. But the exciting side of that is there is no limit to it. If we really get hungry for God and really start to seek Him out and really get thirsty for Him and really want to draw close, you know what? He comes running towards us. He just doubles every effort we put in. He doubles and triples it back into our lives. Praise God. Hallelujah. And it is exciting uh, to share our gospel with folk that are so hungry. Thank you so much for what you are doing. I'm going to share a short video with you. I don't believe this is this uh, this is just a seven minute uh, multimedia, and then I'll say a couple more things, and then I'm going to hand back to your pastor tonight. Uh, but this just shares a little bit more uh, about what God is doing uh, in our lives and in uh, Vanuatu.
Hallelujah. Thank you so much for allowing us to share with you tonight what God is doing. These are your brothers and sisters. As I said before, you may not get to meet them until you get to the other side. But you guys have been partners with us for quite a while. And it's such a wonderful opportunity to share with you what God is doing. These folk are so hungry for God. Let me tell you the gospel works, brothers and sisters. You know, if the devil had had any brains at all, he would have left the cross lying on the ground. Because, you know, Jesus had already said, I, if I be lifted up from the earth, I will draw all men unto myself, unto me. And this he spake, signifying by what death he would die. But, you know, as soon as that cross started coming up off the ground, the drawing power of Jesus Christ began to work. And it's still working today. Hallelujah. Thank you so much for everything that you're doing. I could stay here and share stories of people that have walked to days, 10 days. A group of men walked once to get to conference. All sorts of things of what God is doing. But I think you get the idea. Please connect with us on Facebook and different things if you want to keep up to with what is happening. The field of Papua New Guinea is in a transitional phase. Uh, Vanuatu, sorry. The field of Vanuatu is in a transitional stage we have just been installed as the superintendent of the field. Brother and Sister Sherry have just retired. Last year we had the biggest conference ever. And it was also prophesied at that conference uh, that somewhere in the future uh, there would be a repeat of the day of Pentecost and that 3,000 would be filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And I believe that with all of my heart. We've been involved in revival. I know what God can do. And uh, we're just... Looking forward, we've got to build towards that. We've got to prepare. We have a wonderful foundation. We've had 66 graduate from Bible College over the years. The Sherry's were there. 44 of them are actively involved in ministry today. And so there's a great foundation. We can, uh, we can look after some babies if they're sent our way. And uh, so the church is getting organized. It's getting structured. It is there. It is ready. And so I just want to mention tonight, before I show you one last video clip, I want to mention tonight one project uh, that we are desperately trying to raise funds for, and that is for our airfares back. If anyone wants to help a little bit, I mentioned this to your pastor before church, but if you're wondering how you can help in any other way, uh, it's a long way. It's the other side of the world. Uh, we've got to get from Missouri at that time all the way around there, and we're still uh, over $2,000 short on our fares and so anything would help. Thank you again so much for everything you do. We had an evangelist. This is an idea of the kind of hunger over there. We had an evangelist come and preach. And in these countries, they don't walk to the altar. They charge the altar. But this particular service, he was five minutes into his message when he just threw out a phrase. He said, you know, if there's something, it was just one of those generic phrases, I think. I don't think he was expecting what happened. He said, if there's something you need from God, you know, God can give it to you even right now. Brother Boyd, this is what happened. The people heard what he said. They took him at his word, charged the altar. He turned around, looked at me. I looked at him and I said, it's over, bro. <laughs> I said, we just might as well, we're just going to have an altar service right now. <laughs> Hallelujah. But that is the hunger, brothers and sisters, of people running to get to the altar. These are the folk that the gospel is reaching. Thank you so much. And God bless you from the bottom of our hearts. Pastor Boyd.
This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386-935-2806, or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening, and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.